It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois. And at Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Tonight, we'll be talking a lot about the schedule releases, win totals in the NFL. Big night last night, an even bigger day today. Looking forward to some of the teams that stuck out. Who's got the easier schedules, the toughest ones? We'll go all through it on the show tonight. Eric Eager of PFF Pro Football Focus will be joining us, giving us his top five easiest and hardest. Plus, I'll kind of just get into my own thoughts with that. I did make one bet, actually. I know I don't say to do futures this far out with the NFL, but I did pull the trigger on a team with their season win total. But not only will we talk a little bit of NFL, talk mostly NFL, but of course we got some Major League Baseball action this evening. Paul Spore of Fangraphs does a fantastic job covering baseball. He'll give us his thoughts, analytics, insight, all the deep dive into the baseball slate this evening. I got to play in baseball and in basketball with Prop Shelf, so plenty to get to tonight, and let's start right away with a guy who's a familiar face of the show, and that's Warren Sharp. He does great work covering the NFL with his advanced analytics. Frequent flyer on a numbers game with Gil Alexander. I'm sure you've seen him around, catches content on Twitter. What he does so well, when the schedule gets released, he always puts out a graphic, and, you know, this has it on a linear line. Not linear, but he's got it on this graph showing the easiest to hardest schedules, and he put the top five and the bottom five, and I always like to refer to what he has as it because, honestly, I trust him a lot more than a lot of other people who dive deep into these analytics with the schedule releases. So with the easiest, number one that he had going one through five, starting at the top with the San Francisco 49ers, already a solid squad, and they're getting the benefit of an easier schedule compared to most. Number two come the Denver Broncos. What is going to happen with their quarterback situation? Imagine if they get Aaron Rodgers along with this easy schedule according to Warren Sharp and base off of the forecasted win totals. Broncos at number two. Then the Browns, who we touted as being a top team, potentially, based off the draft they had and the roster that they've already constructed. Then you get the Dolphins. You guys know I'm high on the Dolphins. Took a 28-1 ticket on them to win the Super Bowl. Fourth easiest schedule. Then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers returning all of their starters from the Super Bowl. They come in at number five for easiest. Now, conversely, let's kind of take a look. Look, uh, flip it around with the hardest schedules. You get the Bengals at number 28. Now, the Bengals are an interesting team. I'll get into my thoughts on them a little bit throughout the show. But look, I wasn't too fascinated with their draft, not only from a personal side because we lost our bet with them not getting Sewell, but still not so sure that the Bengals improved that much. The case is still out to see how Joe Burrow's going to be. Yeah, he's probably going to be a solid quarterback, but coming back from that devastating injury, you never know what's going to happen. But So the Bengals are 28. 29 come the Detroit Lions. So for these inferior teams, the schedule is not going to do them any favors. The Texans, another squad that was probably going to have a tumultuous season. Their schedule not favorable. Then the Steelers, a big question mark, in my opinion, in Pittsburgh surrounding the Steelers. And then the Raiders. It seemed like the Raiders always have complaints about their schedules. Looks like they have the toughest in the National Football League, according to Warren Sharp. So really quick, just going into the team that has the easiest, let's kind of investigate a little bit more. The 49ers in their win total at Bet Rivers is set at 10.5. The over is the slight dog, plus 107. The under is the favorite, minus 130. Look, I, I like the over here. I mean, you're getting a little bit of value on it. 
And honestly, I can see them getting to 11 wins with that easier schedule. My concern is, what is the quarterback situation going to be? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay, if it is, is he going to do well enough to get them these victories? If it's going to be Trey Lance, can he step out of the gate right away and be a serviceable enough guy? Regardless, I trust Shanahan enough. I trust the defense that they have and the surrounding cast offensively that I would look over with this 49ers team. And for the fact that you're getting a little bit of plus money, I think that's the right side. Now, with their tough division in the NFC West, you imagine that they're probably splitting with each opponent, or that's at least what you're going to justify it as this far out. The Seahawks, I think they can maybe be twice, but aside from that, I think you split with the other squads. You get the Packers, Colts, Vikings, and Falcons all at home, and those are their tougher opponents, and you're getting them all at home. Now, they're easier opponents. They're getting on the road, but luckily, they're the easier opponents against Tennessee, on the road against the Bengals, at Detroit, at Philly, at Chicago, and at Jacksonville. Who's to say the 49ers can't get to 11 wins? And for the fact, again, that you're getting a little bit of plus money, I agree with them having a very easy schedule. The quarterback situation, again, is a little suspect, but I like the 49ers over 10 and a half. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Plenty of football coming your way with the schedule releases, and we'll dive into some of these win totals with just going over Warren Sharp's top five easiest and hardest. And we are diving deeper into the 49ers. Their win total at 10.5. They have the number one easy schedule, according to Warren Sharp. And, you know, I tend to agree with him here. And at 10.5 with the over at plus 1.7, that's the direction I'd be leaning with San Francisco. It's hard not to envision them being one of the top teams in the NFC and potentially the NFC West. I know it's going to be a very tough division, but assuming they split with pretty much every team, and I honestly think that they could beat the Seahawks twice, I like the 49ers over 10.5. Now let's look the other way. How about the team, according to Warren Sharp, that has the hardest schedule for the upcoming season? And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Their win total, 7 over minus 115, under minus 106. When I look at the Raiders, this isn't one I wouldn't have as much conviction with. I have them as a, at about 6 or 7 wins, so realistically probably a push. Uh, concerns with them, how is their defense going to be? Is there going to be any improvement on that side of the ball? Will Derek Carr be able to stay healthy and be consistent? He's looking solid this past season, but you need to see it throughout the course of a whole year. Now, I probably wouldn't bet it because, again, realistically, I think it's going to be a push. This Raiders team and their schedule, nothing that really swayed me one direction versus the other. But I do want to go over another team that was in the bottom five for the hardest schedules, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. I kind of teased it a little bit, but the Bengals, according to Warren Sharp, 28th hardest schedule. Their win totals at six and a half. The overs plus 118 at Bet Rivers. The unders minus 143. Looked around a little bit, got a minus 115 with the under six and a half, and I actually played that. Now it's a very early overreaction, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals end up with four or five wins here. They're winnable games. You get the Jaguars at home. You're on the road against the Lions, and you're on the road against the Jets. And even the Jets matchup might be a little bit tougher. But again, I get it. The Bengals aren't atrocious. It's just there's a big question mark with Joe Burrow coming back from the injury. Are they even going to make any improvements overall? And while they do have weapons offensively, what's the defense going to be? I mean, their defense is pretty brutal last year. I don't think they did anything spectacular to improve on that side of the ball. They have a tough division as well. I mean, going in that AFC North, look, the Browns are going to be solid. The Ravens are going to be solid. What about the Steelers, though? Again, the Steelers are the team that I'm just kind of leery about as of this point so maybe a split with them but regardless I like the Bengals under six and a half as of this point and again if you can get the good number at about minus 115 or so I think that's only going to move up in terms of the juice on the under 
the closer we get to the season. So I played the Bengals under six and a half. That's one I like the most. But again, that's one I've only played thus far. Not too high hopes from the Bengals. Of course, anything could happen. I could be proven wrong this far out with injuries. You know how crazy it can be. That's what's the fun of handicapping it this far out, getting a lot of people's opinions and looking at the best possible advantages when it comes to betting these season win totals. Let's get into it a little bit more. So with Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric is where you can catch him on Twitter. He released his top five easiest and hardest for the schedules as well. And Eric, we were just talking about the team that you have at the top for your easy schedules being the 49ers. Ten and a half is where we're seeing their win total at Bet Rivers. The over is a slight dog. Honestly, the way I was leaning, I would take the plus money, if anything, with San Francisco. Yeah, it's to me a, a low-key sort of good angle here in, in 2021 where you have sort of two two teams in the NFC that are last place, but you also have the exact same thing um, with you know the AFC opponent that you have. Um, that, that gives you, I think, a, a little bit better of an edge if you're a team that's going to tank at the end of the season la like they, like the Niners did last year. It really does afford you the better schedule uh, you know, the following season. Yeah, and just really looking at this 49ers team again, like we see the schedule stacked up pretty well in their favor. I guess the one concern I do have is the quarterback situation. You know, is it going to be Jimmy G out of the gate? More than likely, but is he going to be able to do well enough? And if Trey Lance comes in, is he going to be able to step up to the plate right away? But in my opinion, I think you have enough of a surrounding cast on both sides of the ball that should suffice for this 49ers team to be one of the top in the NFC. Yeah, and, and the thing about Jimmy G is it never was a problem of him playing well. It was always a problem of him staying healthy. And, you know, he's won all the starts in 2017. He got hurt in 2018, took a team to the Super Bowl in 2019, last year injured almost from the jump. He did have the bad game against Arizona, went healthy that we also remember. But if he's healthy and that offense is humming, I think that they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm with you on that one with the 49ers. Certainly sets up well for them heading into this upcoming season. Let's go ahead and take a look at a team that not many people have touted as having a successful season potentially, but their schedule may say opposite. The Jaguars you have as one of the top five easiest teams or easiest schedules for this team. Six and a half is where we see their win total at Bet Rivers. The over is a slight dog plus 110. The under is minus 134. What do you expect out of Jacksonville with their schedule? I think it works out really nice for them. I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the hard part about the Jaguars is when you look at sort of the characteristics, you know, everybody's looking at Urban Meyer like a sideshow. They're looking at Tim Tebow. They're looking at the the Iowa strength coach that they hired and fired right away. But you have a Houston team that's not very good. You have a Tennessee team that lost a lot of their secondary and a lot of their offensive weapons, including their offensive coordinator, of Indianapolis is not necessarily going to give Carson Wentz the best support he's ever had. Um, so Jacksonville, you know, in addition to playing a last place schedule, has a really easy division to go through. Um, and and for that reason, I really do like them as a team, um, you know, that, that can creep towards 500 and get you over this window. All right, then let's go ahead and check it out in the Mile High City. The Broncos, another team with a favorable schedule. Their win total, eight and a half, and it is shaded to the over at Bet Rivers, minus 150. The under is the dog at plus 123. 
a lot of questions loom around the Broncos with their quarterback situation and the potential for Aaron Rodgers maybe stepping into the mix. Regardless, the schedule still looks pretty solid for Denver. How do you think this squad does? Yeah, we have him about 7.6 wins. We were assuming Teddy Bridgewater at this point. Um, you know, so so not a great season upcoming for them. They do have a really good defensive coach. They have a lot of depth on defense. They have some young players who could emerge as weapons for whomever the quarterback is. You know, you, you have to think that the markets, I think, are taking a little bit of Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, hedging here. Um, you know, they were, they opened, I believe, at seven and a half wins, which I think was probably right if you don't assume any Rodgers scheme. Um, but if Rodgers comes in, you look at their early schedule, he might be an MVP candidate by the middle of October when you look at all the winnable games. I think, you know, five of their first six games are profoundly winnable for them with the exception of a home game against the Ravens. Now, this next team, I, I'm a little curious your thoughts on this one with the Colts, mostly because where I'm seeing their win total at 10, it is shaded to the under minus 139. I think that's where I would lean originally. They have some tough road games here that aren't going to stack up too well for them. But again, this is a team where what Carson Wentz are you going to get? If you get vintage Carson Wentz from what we saw years ago, this team could be really solid. But it's a new squad, may take a little bit of time for them to get a rhythm and momentum. Uh, how does that figure your betting angle with this Colts team? Yeah, new offensive coordinator as well. And you look right out of the gate here. You have Seattle at home. That's a tough one. You have the Rams at home. You could start the season 0-2 at home. Um, and then you go to you go to Tennessee where you've won a lot of games. Um, but again, Carson Wentz, new to the situation. Then you go to the Dolphins. You go to the Ravens. There's a chance you could start the season 2-3, and 1-4 and four behind the eight ball here. You also get the NFC West as your division, which is not an easy one to go to go with. Um, you also have some, you know, you have Camp Bay, you have, you, have, you have some plucky teams to have to deal with here um, and, and a little schedule where you get the Super Bowl champion because they were a second place team in their division. You were also um, in Tampa Bay that sort of is thrown in there. So it's going to be a rough one, I think, for the Colts. Yeah, here's a stat that one of my colleagues pointed out. Carson Wentz, the only season where he's had a, a, a worse than top 10 graded offensive line was last season. Uh, and the Colts here just signing Eric Fisher. They have some holes on that offensive line. I don't know if they'll be a bad offensive line, but I don't know if they'll be elite enough to support a quarterback as sort of tenuous as Carson Wentz is. All right, and then finally, with some of the easier schedules, potentially, we'll wrap it up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Six and a half is their win total, shaded to the over fairly heavily, minus 155, under plus 127. Again, the Eagles, a team that, once again, a lot of question marks all around. We'll see how Jalen Hurts can perform this year. What do you expect out of Philly this season? Yeah, I'm fading Philly. I don't think that they're... So here, here's the thing with Philadelphia. I think that they're very analytically inclined um, when I look at the teams, I look at sort of how well run they are. They're in that weird cluster by themselves, I think, where Cleveland was maybe three, four years ago, where the, I think they're making some right decisions analytically, but they're dysfunctional as a team. You look at the Howie Roseman stories. You look at the, you know, the 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 situation to tank the last game of the season. Doug Peterson's all, you know, all aboard there. And then they fire him the next week. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, they do, you know, their schedule coming out of the gate is tough. I mean, Atlanta, I think, is a team here. Their win total seven and a half over is minus 155. People are loving the Falcons. Then they then they have home to the Niners, which we just talked about. Could be a good team. Dallas, who I think 
is is going to be the team that wins that division. Then they have home to Kansas City. Like you could start 0-4 there, Tampa Bay just two weeks after that. So to me, I, I think the Eagles are probably going to tank for a draft pick. I also think Jalen Hurts, if he's the quarterback, like I think I think there's a ceiling as to how he could produce. So I, I would take under there, um, but maybe I'll let the market sort of buy into them a little bit uh, over the course of the next few weeks before I do so. All right, and then let's take a look at Pittsburgh, who may have a little bit more challenging season upon them. And look, the AFC North is going to be really tough. I mean, barring the Bengals, in my opinion, I think the Bengals, I, you know, I talked about it right before we brought you on. I like them under six and a half. We'll get to them in just a second. But Pittsburgh here, eight and a half, minus 110 each way. Big Ben, we know he's he's uh, he's moseying along here and there. And it's, we'll be fortunate if he can make it the whole season. I mean, that defense is still going to be great, but look, I, I just don't know if I have all the confidence in the world in Pittsburgh. How are you feeling about the Steelers? Yeah, they have the hardest schedule in the NFL, in our opinion. Um, they, you know, they get, they, they're they one of the few teams that ends up finishing first in their division then is the third most likely team to win the division the following year. That Seattle also has that distinction this fall as well. But, you know, you go to Buffalo opening day, that's not going to be easy. You face the Raiders, who... Again, I think they're better offense than the Steelers, and offense generally carries. Um, you know, you have a game against the Packers. You have the you know the the Bears later in the season, which um, you know for me it, it's going to be uh, you know that you have them a little bit later in the season. So you're looking at possibly Justin Fields. You also have Justin Herbert on your schedule. You have a Cleveland team. You have a Baltimore team. Two teams that I think pace the league in terms of being intelligent and being functional right now. Um, it's going to be a tough one for them. And I, you know, it's hard because Steelers fans have only seen good teams like for 40 years now, it's hard to see sort of the, the bottom fallout. But I do think this is the year where maybe the Steelers take a step back and it's sort of like that Tommy Maddox season prior to drafting Big Ben where, you know, it just doesn't going to work for them and they have to move, move on to the future. Um, and, you know, unfortunately this year, you know, they weren't able to sort of secure the quarterback of the future. So it's probably going to have to take a tank year like this year before they do so. Okay, and then a familiar foe in their division who we alluded to, the Cincinnati Bengals, six and a half is their win total shaded to the under. I actually played the under. I'm not too convinced they have that many improvements heading into this season. And even if Joe Burrow, I mean, you know, he was solid in his rookie campaign for the little amount that he played. But coming back from that gruesome of an injury is really hard to trust this team to take a big leap of having success, even though six and a half isn't that much. I don't think they really eclipse that. What say you? You know, I, I like the Jamar Chase draft pick. I think if you're Zach Taylor and you take a tackle and he turns you from a three, four win team to a five, six win team, you still get fired. Um, you need sort of that like Randy Moss element that can elevate a team by a few wins, um, you know, after, after accounting for all the correlations and stuff. The problem is, is like, you know, top receivers generally bust, right? So if they end up, if Jamar Chase can't do it, then, you know, they're going to be stuck holding the bag. I, I do like the direction they're going. I do like the players they signed in the offseason, uh, Chidobia Wuzier, um, you know, uh, Trey Hendrickson, um, you know, Riley Reef. I do think they're, like, building something decent in Cincinnati. Um, and, I, and I do think that they'll give Pittsburgh a run for their money as far as win totals this year. Um, but I... I have a hard time going over on a team where I don't really trust the coach. And I need to see it from right. Zach Taylor a little bit more before I sort of dive in. I made that mistake with Matt Patricia last year with Detroit. Uh, and I'm not going to make that mistake with Zach Taylor this year. 
100% agreed. Taylor's also kind of holding me back on trusting Cincinnati. And you mentioned it with the Lions. We got about a minute left, Eric. But Detroit's win total is at five. Are they going to be the worst team in the NFL? I think they could end up with the, few, the fewest wins. But I think that Houston's the worst team in the NFL. The problem with Houston is that they face, you know, if you're going to bet them under, they face a bad division, right? They would get Jacksonville twice. And I don't think Tennessee or India are going to be very good. Whereas Detroit... Uh, you know, assuming Roger stays in town, um, they have a much harder division. So, yeah, they, Eric, I, think, the... yep. oh, I think yeah, go ahead, really... the NFL. I'm with you. And, hey, it's Bears fans right here in the Midwest. We're happy to hear that. We'll hopefully take a couple wins against this lowly Detroit team. So, excited to get more into these NFL win totals. I'm sure we'll be having you back on. We'll be looking forward to it, to dive deeper into it. Love the work you put out there with Pro Football Focus. So thanks for taking some time. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one. PFF underscore Eric is where you can catch him on Twitter, co-host of the PFF forecast. Love diving into NFL in general, specifically now with these NFL schedules releasing and these win totals, some good opportunities early on, which we'll pick up in about 15 minutes or so. But in between that, let's get to some more plays. However, a little bit more short-sighted tonight. I got to play with a prop in the NBA and then one on the diamond. Had a nice 2-0 effort with baseball last night. Let's look to carry that on this evening. And then we'll get into the baseball slate with Paul Spore over at Fangraphs. So plenty more to come here on Rush Hour. Stick around. We'll still talk NFL basketball, baseball. Hit them all, baby, right here on Rush Hour on Decent the Sports Betting Network. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, along with those instant payouts and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler, not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. If you get a hold of the daily hometown discount, check it out. Bet Rivers. Com. Back at it here on Rush Hour on VCD Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago. The Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. Shout out to Eric Eager for hopping on, talking about those NFL schedule releases, some of the easiest and hardest. We'll get back to that conversation in a little bit. But before we do that, let's kind of get into some bets that we have for this evening. And let's start in the NBA, as we're getting closer and closer to the playing game, exciting times ahead of us and exciting times tonight, potentially with the matchup. Phoenix, as the Suns are taking on the Trailblazers, the Blazers still trying to avoid the playing game aspect of the Suns still vying potentially for the number one seed. And in this spot, we do see Phoenix at home as a three-point favorite. Blazers getting a little bit of love on the spread, though. A money line has the Suns minus 143, plus 123 on the buyback for Damian Lillard and company. Total high one at 236, shaded, shaded slightly to the over. 
minus 112. The under is minus 109. But stop me if you've heard this one before. Let's look into the player props with our main man, Mikhail Bridges, and his points prop tonight. I think this may be the fourth or fifth time that we have played something with Bridges. So I tweeted this out earlier because I figured the line would move. 12 and a half is what we were seeing the last time. May have gone up to 13 and a half. In some spots, it's 14 and a half. But I played him at 12 and a half, laid about minus 127 to the over. Minus 134 last I saw is where it was at. The under naturally a slight dog. So with Bridges, he's averaging over 13 points per game. He's gone over 12 and a half in the last eight out of nine games. At Portland, who they're going up against tonight, like we mentioned, uh, March 11th dropped 18 against them. February 22nd dropped 10 against them. So uh, he's one for two uh, going over his po uh, points prop against the Portland Trailblazers. But with Bridges, why it's a potential good matchup here is because 45% of his shots come from beyond the arc and 33% at the rim. He's making 42% from three, making 76% of his shots at the rim. 64% effective field goal percentage, which puts him in the 98th percentile. Now, defensively, for how the Blazers stack up, they're allowing opponents to shoot 38% from three, which is 24th worst in the NBA, 64.4% at the rim, 17th worst in the association. So we're doing it. We're trusting our boy once again, Mikhail Bridges at 12 and a half, played him over. If it's at 13 and a half, I would still lean to the over in that spot. If you're seeing 14 and a half, maybe stick away. But I like Bridges and his effort that he's going to have tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. So that's what we got rolling in the NBA. Let's switch it up, go to baseball. We had a nice little bounce back from the other night, 2-0 last night with the White Sox and the Cardinals Brewers, first five under. Let's take a look out on the West Coast tonight, though. In Arizona, the Diamondbacks taking on the Marlins. Now Miami opened up as a slight favorite here at about minus 110. Arizona was even money, total at about 8 the market's been moving all day in favor of Miami. Minus 125 is where we see them now is the road favorite. At home, the Diamondbacks catching plus 107. Totals ticked up a little bit, actually, to 8.5. Uh, over minus 110, under minus 108. So this is going to be the fourth game in the series between the two squads. Diamondbacks won the first two. Marlins won the last one last night, 3-2. So when you're looking at this pitching matchup, very favorable on the side of Miami. Trevor Rogers, the southpaw, has been great this season. 4-2, 1.89 ERA, 3.44 XFIP, and a 1.08 whip. Now, Rogers is the first Marlins pitcher, too, to win NL Rookie of the Month since the late Jose Fernandez did in August 2013. So they've got some hopeful aspirations with Rogers here, and that's what we're hoping for tonight because I played the Marlins in this spot. Merrill Kelly is opposing Rogers for the Diamondbacks pitcher, the righty, 2-3. 5.40 ERA with a 4.77 XFIP and a high whip of 1.46. Now, not only that, when you look at these bullpens, the Marlins are pretty solid with their bullpen. 3.34 ERA, Arizona a 5.07 bullpen ERA. Miami versus righties, they're not the best. 661 OPS. Diamondbacks have been doing really well against lefties. But look, Rodgers has been a solid stud this whole season thus far, really. I think he continues it tonight. So I played the Marlins here. Right now, again, they're minus 125. I played them on the money line. Let's go Marlins tonight against the Diamondbacks. Let's hope for another great performance out of our boy, Mikhail Bridges, as the Suns take on the Portland Trailblazers. Best of luck, as always, if you tell, folks. Coming up next, we'll go over another play that we had for season win totals in the NFL and just other looks. A lot more action right here on Rush Hour. Stick around.
Preakness is Saturday evening at the VSIN Horse Racing Experts are analyzing the horses, jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exacta and trifecta once a year, our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the Preakness. So visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners and picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Billy Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. Back at it here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we're live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. More football coverage coming your way. We'll also talk some more baseball with Paul Spore in about 15 minutes. His great work over at Fangraphs with all the analytics, insights, and more surrounding the big leagues. But let's kind of take more of a dive with this NFL schedule release and go with more of my takeaways that I had. We talked with Eric Eager about plenty of these teams, top five easiest, hardest, etc. Let's go right here in our area with the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears, we already knew that their schedule was going to be pretty tough. We didn't know how it was going to lay out exactly, but we knew the opponents like everyone else. Chicago's win total is at 7.5. The over is plus 107 at Bet Rivers. The under is minus a buck 30. I know Bears fans are going to hate me saying this, but the under would be my only play here. I'm not saying I played it or I'm going to per se, but that's the only direction I would go. The tough opponents that they have, it is a brutal road schedule here. They're on the road against the Rams, who might end up being the best team in the NFL potentially. On the road against the Browns, we've talked about them ad nauseum. They're going to be a better squad. The Raiders, yes, I know that they have the hardest schedule and not a lot of people have hype around them. Still going on the road, Legion Stadium, new atmosphere, new vibe. This Raiders team is still going to be a tough out, in my opinion, and who knows what the Bears are going to look like at that point. On the road against Pittsburgh, yes, the Steelers offensively may not be that sound, but you know how great they are defensively, and we don't know what the Bears' offense is going to be made up of. On the road against Seattle, yes, all the turmoil with Russell Wilson and company, but it's still Russell Wilson. Then at home... You get the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals could be classified as a toss-up game, but personally, I'm a little bit higher on Arizona than other people are. Still going to be a tough matchup. What about the easier opponents? Well, you get the Bengals at home. Of course, you get the Lions one time at home. Uh, on the road against Detroit, those could be two winnable games. And then you get the Giants at home once again, like we saw this past season. Packers and Vikings, maybe a split those two. Who knows what's going to happen with Green Bay? Is Minnesota finally going to be a consistently dominant team in the division, or are they going to fall victim against the Bears like we've seen these past three, two years, whatever it's been? Those are a lot of questions to have, but more importantly, what is this quarterback situation going to look like? How long until Justin Fields gets in the mix, unless he goes in right away week one? And with that being said, too, how long is it going to take for him to get adjusted and be a solid quarterback, if at all? So with this at seven and a half, honestly, again, I would play the under, and I know a lot more people are optimistic. The defense has slowly been regressing each season, too. I mean, they pick it up at some point, and they're serviceable enough to still be a top defense, but that offense doesn't really correlate and aid them in that sense. So are we finally going to get the adjustment from the offensive side? Is Nagy not going to, you know, <laughs> just call ridiculous plays from time to time? A lot of question marks with the Bears. For that reason, I would go under 7.5. And, and more importantly, the schedule's just really tough. It's going to be a tough season, but probably a great learning experience for the rookie quarterback in Justin Fields. So that's my thoughts on the Bears. Let's stick it in the NFC North. Continue there uh, with the Vikings and their win total. 8.5, the over is the favorite, minus 162. Under is plus 132. 
Now, it's always hard to judge how tough these schedules are going to be as we know this far out. I mean, you don't know about injuries, how these teams are looking after preseason training camp and just going into the season. But honestly, my early reaction, and I know that I've been saying if I was going to bet a team because we don't know of the uncertainties with the Green Bay Packers, that the Vikings would probably be the team to win the NFC North. But honestly, I could convince myself on the under having some value at plus 132. Again, the biggest thing, how are the Packers going to look? That's why it's tough to bet the NFC North right now. But the games that I have is wins for the Vikings on the road against Cincinnati, both at Detroit and hosting Detroit. At Carolina, I'm not convinced on Sam Darnold and company. Uh, you split with the Packers and Bears if you're trying to be realistic with division opponents. The tougher games for Minnesota, you're on the road at Arizona. You're getting the Seahawks at home. That could be a winnable game, but again, still tough because of Russell Wilson. You get the Browns at home, but I'm not so sure that the Vikings are a better team. You're getting the Cowboys at home. What is Dak Prescott and company going to look like right now? Minnesota defensively should be better, but offensively, who knows? On the road against Baltimore, on the road against the Chargers, we talked about them last week. I think the Chargers are going to be a solid squad. You get the 49ers on the road, Steelers at home, and Rams at home. This Viking schedule, while some of these squads that are a lot tougher, they get them at home, you just can't trust Minnesota. You really can't. We talk about this team year in and year out. This is finally going to be the year. They have some value in the NFC North. It never comes to fruition. I do lean to that actually happening this season. But with the win total, I'm not laying a minus 162 juice with them going over eight and a half. I'm not that confident they're staying under it. But if anything, I would take the value more so with the under at plus 132. Again, nothing I'm playing, but kind of interesting to look at the Minnesota Vikings schedule forward because, again, they could be the top team in the NFC North, but everything revolves around what is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers going to do. But let's take it in another direction. Let's go with the AFC and a team that, you know, I've brought up many times on this program because I took the Flyer 28-1 to for them to win the Super Bowl, assuming maybe they could be in the sweepstakes for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Uh, that is all but gone out of the whim. So uh, win total for them is 9. It's shaded to the over minus 150, under plus 123. Look, this Dolphins team, as much as I'm rooting for them, their schedule, in my opinion, is actually kind of tougher than a lot of people think. I, you know, I do think they are going to be still a really solid squad. Their defense is great. Flores has been a solid coach. But is Tua Tungavailoa going to take that step forward? That's a concern with Miami. They could honestly start 0-5 to their season. They're on the road against New England. They get the Bills at home, on the road against the Raiders, get the Colts at home, and then on the road against Tampa Bay. Now, they could certainly win the game against New England. Getting the Bills this early on could be tough, assuming that the Bills stay dominant. And again, the Raiders, I think they're going to be a tougher opponent. I think the Dolphins are the better team. But on the road, it's kind of hard to judge this far out. And the Colts, what is Carson Wentz going to be? So this Dolphins team, not the most advantageous, I would say, to start. Uh, you're assuming probably they split with New England. The Jags, Falcons, Texans, Giants, all at home. Those are teams that you can certainly get some nice wins over. Uh, six wins for sure. But Buffalo could sweep you and you get the Ravens at home. And you're on the road against Tennessee, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bucks. So the under may actually have some value here, plus 123. I'm not going to root against the Dolphins here, and I do think they're going to find a way to be a really competitive team. But I wouldn't go rushing to bet the over on the nine with Miami at minus 150. The one that I did play, though, like we talked about earlier, the Bengals under six and a half. But hey, as fun and as excited as we are to root for the Bears with Justin Fields, it'd be a tough year for Chicago. Seven and a half, the under could be the play. We'll talk about more plays in baseball next with Paul Sporer here on Rush Hour.
Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program, but you get to hold the daily hometown discount once again, betrivers.com. Welcome back into Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. Joining us now to talk some baseball, it's Paul Sporer, and you can give him a follow on the tweets at Sporer and catch his great work over at Fangraphs as a writer and a podcaster. Paul, we got a great slate to dive into, so let's do it right away. Out in Colorado, the Rockies hosting the Reds by Castillo against Gonzalez. Those two guys taking the bump tonight. The Reds looks like they getting, they're getting a lot of steam here, uh, up to minus 157 at Bet Rivers. The Rockies plus 135 at home. Total naturally a little bit higher at Coors Field, 11 and a half. I, you know, I wanted to lean with the steam here with Cincinnati, but it kind of got blown out of proportion, so I stayed away. And Castillo's gotten off to a rough start. How do you envision this one going down, though? Uh, wow, I, I tell you what, that line moved quite a bit from what I had, too, because I, I was feeling the same way that you were. Jump on Cincinnati here with the markedly better pitcher, even though he's been struggling. But at that number, that becomes a, a, a quite a bit more difficult. I, I completely agree with you there. But I'll speak on Castillo in general. He's definitely somebody who is off right now. That's obviously uh, unquestioned. You can see that in his numbers. Uh, whether you're looking under the hood or on the surface. That said, I don't see it as unfixable or anything that's necessarily going to take a ton of work, meaning it, it can come on a dime. And those are kind of the tough ones at times, you know, whether you're dealing with fantasy or handicapping, because you feel like, oh, you know, I want to take a few starts off with, with Castillo. But he could be good as early as tonight. I, you know, that's the scary thing. Obviously, it's course field. So I know it's difficult, and he has a weather issue that seems to have been pervasive over his career, where when it's 60 degrees and under, he struggles a bit. 60 degrees and over, he's markedly better. So I know that they've had bad weather in Colorado throughout the week. If it continues to be bad, maybe you just lay off this game now because of where the number has ballooned to. I will not quit Castillo for the season, though, I'll say that. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, and again, that's kind of why I laid off because of how high it's gotten, but... I kind of have the same thought process that, look, you maybe are getting a little bit better value on a pitcher like Castillo because of his early struggles. But again, the market is already reflected off of that based on the movement. Do you think this is the case with a lot of pitchers early on? And is this something you're thinking is maybe more common this year? Or is this just a natural trend we see year in and year out that you can take advantage of? I think it's definitely something that you see year in and year out, certain guys that struggle. I mean, it happens every April. You can go back and look at the April or, or mid, you know, through mid-May leaderboards and see some guys who were total duds that, that are star-level players that by the end of the season, they get back right to the level that we expected of them. Another guy I see like that is Kenta Maeda, and he's had now uh, one great start against Texas and that he was better than maybe the score, uh, the box score looks against the White Sox last time out. I also have no concerns with him. These are guys you can take advantage of, maybe hit the market before they turn it around. Obviously, like you said, the market jumped on Castillo tonight with Colorado, but keep an eye on Castillo and Maeda prices over the next couple starts because they haven't been great thus far. All right, well, let's move on to Arizona. The Diamondbacks taking on the Marlins. We kind of discussed this one earlier, so I'm kind of hoping you're on the same side as me here, Paul. But 
I played the Marlins in the spot. Trevor Rogers has been phenomenal to start his campaign. The Southpaw 4 and 2 with a 3.44 XFIP. And then Merrill Kelly really hasn't been that solid. He's got a whip as high as 1.46. Miami opened up about minus 110 at Bet Rivers. They're minus 125. The D backs plus 107. The thing that scares me a little bit is how successful Arizona's been against lefty pitchers. But I think the Marlins mm-hmm. find a way to squeak this one out. How do you think this one goes down in Arizona? We are, we are simpatico today because I'm definitely Love in it. on Trevor Rogers, one of the best breakouts so far this year, and I think there's a lot of viability to what he does to the point where I'm not even that worried about his walk rate. I think some of that elevated walk rate is intentional with Rogers. When he gets deep into account, he refuses to give in. This is not a guy who's going to lay meatballs over to avoid a walk. He'll walk a guy, take it, take on the next batter, and I like that. It can hurt you at times because the walks can pile up and somebody you know gets you for a three-run homer, but I don't really see a huge concern for that with Arizona despite some of their success against lefties. I'm with you on Rodgers all day. Love to hear that, Paul. All right, let's move on. 9, 10 p.m. first pitch central time out on the West Coast still. We're going to Seattle taking on Cleveland. The Indians just won back-to-back games versus the Cubs. They're now on a three-game winning streak. Mariners, conversely, on a four-game losing streak. Just lost back-to-back against the Dodgers. But they have some potential hope. The debut of Logan Gilbert taking the bump. And he's got the Mariners at about plus 106 is the home dog. The Indians throwing Plesak out there, minus 122. Total a shorter one at seven and a half. In these type of games, when you don't have this much statistics, analysis, especially with new pitchers, I tend to stay away from it. How do you handicap these certain situations, though? It, it is a little tough because not only Logan Gilbert, but also Jared Kelnick, you know, two of their best prospects coming up, kind of bringing that, that, that extra charge, that intangible hype, if you will. Um, that said, I'm still going to go against the Mariners here with Zach Plesak. You talk about a guy, uh, we talk about guys who are struggling. He was definitely struggling to start the season to where people were questioning if he was a total fraud from last year. Of course, that was an overreaction. Over his last three starts, he's been fantastic and really looks a lot more like the guy that we saw last year when he was decimating the Central. So despite the hype, I'm very excited for Kelnick and Gilbert for Mariners fans. I still think they're taking the L tonight, though, against Klesak, who has been back on track. All right, and then, Paul, before we finish up this late, one more game to go. The Rangers on the road against the Astros. This line is tougher to bet because, look, Houston, probably the right side here, but they're minus 210. And even if you want to go with the run line, you're still laying a slight price of minus 103. Total we're seeing at about nine. Anything that you would kind of seek out from a betting opportunity in this matchup? I mean, to be honest, the only uh, on the nine, even with a, a Texas Rangers pitcher going. But Mike fulton hasn't been awful this year. Christian Javier has been really good. I do like Christian Javier quite a bit, but that's a big number to give him. So I'd rather play the, the, the total as opposed to a side. I agree with you that Houston is the side if you're going to go that way. But I think it's too big of a number for somebody like Javier, who's good, but isn't quite proven to kind of get that, that near eighth level number. So give me the under there as these two pitch to a little bit of a pitcher's duel. I think Mike fulton surprises a little bit, keeps Houston in relative check, and something like a 4-5-1 uh, victory there for the Astros, something like that. Okay, all right, Paul, let's look a little bit further down the road because the nice thing about sports gambling being legalized throughout the country, you get more betting options available. What's nice at Bet Rivers, they're updating these division odds constantly, and I think this has been a market that's relatively untapped and just fascinating to watch unfold on a day-to-day basis. 
The NL Central has been a really volatile market, and we're familiar with it right here in Chicago. The Cardinals are the short shot at plus 110. The Brewers, as great as their pitching has been, their offense is inept. They're plus 120. Reds 8 to 1. Cubs 11 to 1. And then you get the Pirates at the bottom at 100 to 1. What's been your makeup of this NL Central thus far? How do you see this one wrapping up this early on? Yeah, this is definitely one that I, I thought would be intriguing. I have a couple teams that I lean toward. I've been a Reds guy. You know, dating back to last year when they had the hype, they didn't quite meet it. The offense has been better this year, and that's without Suarez even getting going. So I'm sticking with the Reds here. I was with them at the beginning. You know, I mentioned that Castillo's going to get back on track. I think 8-1's to not too bad here. I'm ready to jump in with them uh, there in kind of the middle. I'm not a huge Cubs guy. I would want maybe a little bit of a juicier number there. I still have a lot of nerves with regards to their pitching. So I can't really go there. Cardinals, I understand why they're the short shot. But I don't think that I, I would take a favorite in this division no matter what. It's just too wide open. It's more about being smart against the number versus anything specific against St. Louis. So I like uh, the Reds the best, then probably Milwaukee, and, and then a million dollars on the Pirates, obviously, right? We're all doing that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're having that one, baby. I'm with you. Pirates 100 to 1. Let's see if we can get some luck out of Pittsburgh. But, hey, Paul. <laughs> We appreciate you taking some time tonight, my man. Keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you so much for having me on anytime. I love talking with you. You bet. At Spore is where you can follow him on Twitter. And again, writer and podcaster over at Fangraphs. They dish out all the great analytics and statistics. That's where I get those numbers with XFIP, WHIP, left on base percentage, all that great stuff. Check it out over at Fangraphs. And at Spore is where you can follow Paul on the tweets. Now, today was a day revolved around NFL win totals and NFL schedule releases, so it's been a lot of fun talking about the National Football League this far out before even the preseason is in our near future. But I kind of just wanted to talk about one more team again that I did end up betting on, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals. Six and a half is where we saw their win total and see their win total. At Bet Rivers, the under is the big fave, minus 143. The over is plus 118. Their schedule's not stacking up to be favorable for Cincinnati. And like we were talking about with Eric Eager, he did like the draft pick of Jamar Chase. And yeah, he could pan out and be a great receiver. I'm not doubting that or denying it. But I think a point that he brings up is oh so important is the head coach, Zach Taylor. Do we trust Taylor yet with this team? And, you know, with that little value to the over, is it worth it? In my opinion, no. And I was able to find a minus 115 to the under 6.5. I think that's the right player for Cincinnati. They're winnable games. You get the Jags at home. The Detroit Lions on the road and the Jets on the road. And, hey, that could be a game even the Jets squeak out. But, look, everything else is either bad or a couple of toss-up games for the Bengals. They get a tough division again. We'll see what the Steelers are going to be. I think the Ravens and Browns are really going to be solid squads. It's not shaping out to be that great for Cincinnati. So I think under 6.5, if you can get a solid number, would be the right play before it gets juiced up or even moves down a little bit. Yes, obviously they could prove me wrong, and we know anything crazy can happen with injuries. Speaking of which, Joe Burrow coming back from a gruesome one, what is his step going to be in the seldom amount we saw him last season? So I'm fading Cincinnati with their win total, but some other plays we had tonight, Mikhail Bridges over 12 and a half points as the Suns are taking on the Blazers. And then like we were just talking about with Paul Swore, we are rolling with Miami Marlins tonight against the Arizona Diamondbacks, hoping for a little bit of more success out of Trevor Rogers, who has been an absolute stud thus far. As always, Best of luck if you tail. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. We'll catch up again tomorrow right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.